Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn how product startups get into major retail stores from an expert that's worked with over 4,000 small hardware brands. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Johan Jacob to the show. Johan is the founder and president of Retail Bound, an agency which helps emerging hardware brands get into major retail stores and sales channels. Retail Bound has been around for 14 years and has worked with over 4,000 product companies. Johan himself has spent 30 years in the industry, including being a major buyer for Sears and Office Max. Today, Johan is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can get into the big retailers, including the three major tips on what retailers are looking for these days, and furthermore, how to succeed and scale once you're on the shelves with your invention. Now, on to the episode. Johan, welcome to the show. Good to be here. Excited to have you on. I know we're going to be seeing each other October 5th, I believe, coming up. We're both keynoting at the Crowdfunded Summit. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to everything that you're going to talk about, about getting into retail, which is something we get, I guess, a bit of a prequel today. And we're talking about how to get into the big retailers and what better person to have on the show than you to talk about this. First and foremost, just give us a bit of the history of uh, yourself and Retail Bound. Sure, sure. Uh, So I've I've been in the retail industry for about 30 years. Started when I was two years old, don't let the, the gray hair fool you. Uh, started selling products as a manufacturer to retailers in the United States. Probably made more of my fair share of mistakes because I didn't have a retail bound kind of guide me along the way. Did very well, but it took me some time. Uh, then I became a large retail merchant for two different billion dollar retailers. Saw the good, the bad, the ugly. It comes to uh, how vendors work with uh, retailers like myself. And then um, I started a company about 13 14 years ago, helping young brands learn how to scale a product into retail the right way. That's amazing. And now you're all over the place. All over the place. We have offices in the U.S. as well as in London. Uh, we have about uh, 20 folks on both sides of the pond. And uh, we've helped nearly 4,000 brands on the road get retail ready and placed in retail in some form or fashion. Wow, 4,000 brands. That's incredible. So let's jump into the topics today so that startups that are either in the idea phase or maybe they've done a, their first successful crowdfunding campaign or maybe they're even starting to scale. When we start to think about getting into the big retailers, which to be honest, I've worked with over a thousand startups myself, more on the product development side. Sure. But one of the big things that always comes across is how do I get my product into Walmart or into Best Buy? And it's it's this dream that I think most inventors, especially in the physical product space, have yep. of eventually walking down the shelves, seeing it sitting there. And they're walking there with their family or taking their kids and boom, there's their product sitting on the shelf. So first things first, I think it's core to understand the difference between retailers and marketplaces. Sure. Can you just give a bit of a description of that so we really hone down on what it means to be getting into a big retailer and who they are? Correct. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you know, retail, how they make money is is, is a buy sell relationship, right? Where a marketplace, you're paying a a, a retail like a Amazon or a Walmart or a Newegg, 
a monthly fee plus a commission, right? Um, so with it plus with marketplace, you know, access to a lot of marketing assets that a retailer would be, be able to offer you as a as a brand. Um, a lot of times with, with larger retailers, while there's probably a little more risk involved versus the marketplace, there's a lot more opportunity in building your brand. I think for a lot of young brands we work with, we give it to a Best Buy or a QVC or even an, a, a, a Target uh, that it actually legitimizes a brand uh, and drives traffic to an Amazon marketplace, by the way, because, hey, I saw a Best Buy online or in store. Let me go check Amazon and see the prices. I'm a Prime member. So we see a lot of clients, their sales grow on a marketplace like Amazon when they're actually in a traditional retailer like a Best Buy or a QVC, by the way. It's interesting too that, I mean, that's a really good point you brought up about the cross-pollination of uh, online to retail as well, because for sure, one of the common characteristics of somebody today as well is while they're in a retail store, they'll look up the review on Amazon or while they're in Amazon, they'll say, well, I wonder if I can go touch and feel it and see it in my neighborhood Best Buy or whatnot. So it really creates a lot of brand value, let alone the fact that you can use that as a feather in your cap to say, we are now selling in Best Buy, meaning that, and I really think it's important that differentiation you made between marketplace and the retailers, the retailers basically have ultimate control. So one of the nice things, if you are in one of these big retailers, at least at a minimum, what the market knows is that that retailer trusts to buy your product. They think that you're yep. of a certain caliber, a certain minimum threshold, or they think it's a valuable enough product for society, for their buyers, whatever else, that they were willing to put it on the shelves. Correct. And then the marketplace can go back, can also be an advantage for you when talking to retailer, because you know so many times, especially with Best Buy in Minneapolis, Question I ask is, hey, I see your clients on Amazon. Yep. Are they on Vendor Central or Seller Central? If I say Vendor Central, it'll probably be a very short conversation between me and the merchant uh, because they don't want to compete against Amazon who can you know, lower the price, right? Uh, sell through inventory. They, they prefer if you're going to be on Amazon, okay, especially you're a small brand, be on Seller Central where you as a small brand can control the inventory, can control the price point, hopefully uh, limit the amount of third-party sellers to get access to your buy box by using being a, a brand registered on Amazon. But if you want to work with, with, with a retail, like a Best Buy or a Walmart, it's important that you control your marketplace, right? If not, you, you have a very short life in retail with a Best Buy or a Walmart. Oh, that's a smart tip. And on that line, what is it? You know, You mentioned certain things that they're looking for or not looking for. But what are some of the key things that retailers are looking for in a new prospective product? Sure, sure. So most large retail bars like myself, right? They're very risk averse, right? Because they're, they, need, you know, they want they want to have a they want to keep their job, right? Yeah, it's like a baseball bat. If I'm below five percent, I probably will last next season, right? So it's important for bars to to find the right products. And are they, are they right one hundred percent? No, they're not, right? Uh, there's a little, unfortunately, a little. Yeah, a little more of a gut decision. But something they look at, first they look at, they have three KPIs. One is where your product hit top line sales, right? So if you're in a hot category, maybe it's STEM toys, maybe it's smart home, right? Using electronic hardware, right? Sure, that's a growing category. Let's let's look into it. Let's look at profitability. At the end of the day, that's how they keep the doors open. That's how they pay the employees, how they keep the lights on. So will your product hit certain margin threshold and by each different category where it's a 
you know, where it's a smart assistant, where it's a TV, where it's a TV mount, right? Each has different margin uh, thresholds that you need to make if you want to be in a retail. The third KPI, Kevin, they look at besides top line sales and bumping profits is inventory turns where your product turn X number of times, right? It returns one time a year and it's a uh, iPhone case. You're not going to last very long, right? Uh, versus a you know, a, a $3,000 TV. So those are the three KPIs. That's one thing they look at. The second thing I look at is your past sales history. So if you're on Amazon or Walmart marketplace or any other e-tailer, they will look at your past sales history. You know, it's like a baseball card, you know, those, those stats, like the back of your hand. So what are your sales month to day, you know, year to day, right? Um, what are your returns? You know, um, uh, are, they, are they truly defective? Or are they really bars remorse? If, if it's either or, what do you do as a vendor or a brand to lower that 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 return rate? Because buyers they want to sell product and keep it sold. If products keep coming back to the retailer because it's defective or they're not happy, it's additional work that the buyer does not want to have, right? So it's important that that you know those stats, your returns as well as your sales. And finally, they're gonna look at your reviews. As well on Amazon and, and, and as well as Walmart. If you're a 2.3 star on Amazon or Walmart, it'd be very tough, right, to convince the buyer to give real estate space or even online space. I mean, BestBuy.com, well, it's a it's a, it's a, a very robust assortment. It's a creative assortment. That means the buyer for .com or in store has selected your pod for online on Amazon or Walmart Marketplace. Anyone. Could be on that site, right? So with Best Buy and our retailers, it's a very creative assortment, right? But the third thing, besides the KPIs and past sales history, the third thing that buyers look at is what are you going to do to build awareness? What's your marketing plan? Uh, if you're going to say, I'm going to put on bestbuy.com and my job is done, again, not going to last very long. So uh, the third thing that buyers look at, Kevin, is what is your marketing plan, your marketing strategy to build awareness and drive traffic to a bestbuy.com, a target.com, a qvc.com. Because again, for them to maybe put you to give you big opportunities where it's on air or in store, you need to show some progress uh, on their .com platform. That's your, wow, those are three powerful things. I appreciate that you broke down each of those as well, right? You're looking at just kind of as a summary, one, basically your numbers, revenue, two, what have you sold already? And I think this is a really important one as well for startups that it's why having just a few sales out there, it's not about selling to the world because obviously you're scaling an emerging brand. But when Correct. you do start selling, even if it's 500 or 1,000 units, make sure that you're tracking that. That is your best card on the table, whether it's for an investor to raise money or whether it's for a potential buyer, distribution partner, whatever it might be. Your numbers there are gold because what they're looking at is understandably their market is far, our ability to access the market is far bigger than yours is. So it's not that you're selling big numbers. It's the fact that of the numbers that you're selling, how well are you doing? And how does that compare to others in that category? And I think the other thing that that's really important for startups, especially to think about, and you kind of mentioned that in terms of reviews, which also leads to your third point of awareness. But the second thing is, really understanding the value of your product and how the market perceives it. Those reviews are gold. So if you've got 50 units out there that uh, have reviews on them, and most of those reviews are great, 
then you're in a really good position. And likewise, you're in a bad position if they're not, which leads to the fact that as a startup, you've really got to make sure that your quality is number one. And some, that's something we really drive into our product development clients as well. When we're designing these products from sketch to production is that it's not about the number of features that you have. That's not going to give you bad reviews. Of the features which you do have, the pain point which you're solving, make sure you're solving that well. Do that yep. world-class, that one thing. Then down the road, you can worry about scaling or growing the product or making your pro version or whatever else. But remember, those reviews, those first few sales, that's what the big buyers or the big investors are looking at. And that's exactly right. what Johan's talking about here. 100%, my friend. That's great. Well, when we talk about um, selling and success in selling, uh, one of the things that you mentioned is it's not just about getting into those retailers. I mean, for somebody like you, it's easy. You can, you can get really any product in, but the big Here thing is how does that sell through and how does it scale? And I think that's something that you focus on right from the early phases of getting somebody into the retailers. I want you to talk a bit about that so that people not don't just think about getting into the stores, but think about how to crush it once you're actually into those stores. Yeah, that's really that third point at marketing. I think it's for a lot of young brands. Fall. I think they're so excited about the, hey, getting the product placed in retail, where it's online or in-store, in-print or on-air, as about the four verticals of retail. And then they're going to off do something else. And like, hey, they get an angry phone call or an angry email and say, hey, uh, Kevin, uh, it's been three months and the 3,000 pieces we bought in our warehouse is still sitting in our warehouse. We haven't seen any sales. You know, retail like Best Buy, you know, they've told my clients, we will provide you a platform, right? It's a huge succeed. Best Buy, the large merchant isn't gonna, if you're a Sony or Samsung, there's a lot of time with the merchant. If you're a one skew brand of, of London or Hong Kong, you're not gonna get a lot of FaceTime. It's up huge to kind of be self-motivated and figure out what are the right levers, both internal on your own team, well external, because Best Buy and other retailers typically have various market. It could be pay-per-click, email blast, paid reviews other things to drive traffic both online in store. So I, I tell a lot in brands, you got to think about the post-sales support, the post-sales marketing. You get the product on Best Buy or another retail, that's great, that your job has just begun. Now the hard part begins. And it's an incredible platform to scale. And that's why it works. And that's why so many, especially many of your clients have been able to create even multi-hundred million dollar brands. It's because yep. they understand they've got this brand value by being the best buy or the, you know, the Walmart in-store or even the Walmart online. Like you said, even though it's just a marketplace, there is still brand recognition there. So you've got the world at your fingertips. Hopefully you've created a great product. You've got even just a few great reviews. Now you've got that opportunity where you're in the retailer you finally got that decision, leverage that, use that. That should be a big part of your marketing program is to drive sales into there, not just to appease your retail partner. Let's use Best Buy as an example, not just to get people into Best Buy to buy your product, but also to enhance the overall brand value of your product and build, start building your community, your tribe, those people who actually you know love your product and love how it's helping their lives. Correct. Again, 100% true, my friend. So how does retail bound fit into all this? How do you help work with these emerging brands to facilitate these processes, to learn about these three things and to make sure that, that you know, to do it right? Sure. So we make the bar. So I always tell our young brands, you know, the secret success uh, of, of retail is making the retail buyer's job easier. And we think we're a big part of that. You know, so, you know, again, since, since my our entire team is made up of former large retail buyers, we kind of vet out the good and the bad, right? And, and we have various criteria from, is the product unique? Is it different? 
right? Uh, is there margin behind it? Uh, uh, are they capitalized, right? And finally, the third criteria is will they follow through on, on requests made by buyers? Buyers aren't asking you, hey, Kevin, I need a sample over the board. Yes, Hamilton, because they, they get their job done, right? And I can't tell you how many times as a merchant, I've asked young brands, hey, I need a sample. I need pricing. I need a sell sheet. And it's like days, weeks, whatever. I'm like, in that case, I'm firing Kevin. I'm going to hire Susie to take his place. So it's important that you follow through. So I'd read about what we do. As we know, a lot of young startups, they got a lot of things they're doing, right? From, you know, fundraising, product development, and we're just running the company, Right. So our job is to take that work, some of the retail work off the plate, at least on the interim. Uh, most of our clients stay with us for a year, two, three years. What we do is basically, Kevin, is we help young brands get retail ready. So the other strategies from pricing to logistics to marketing. Uh, then once that's done and we feel they're retail ready, because in retail, like a job review, we don't get a second chance of making a first impression. So uh, then we have about 200 sales agents, about 40 distributors that help us, our brands, cover all to the retail in North America, as well as in Europe. We start knocking on doors, literally and frequently. Once product placed in retail, uh, our job is to do the marketing. Again, allow our young clients to have the resources or the experience, right, to, to work with the retailer uh, on marketing and, and driving awareness, where it's in-store demo events, where it's doing a... A, a campaign online and drive traffic to, to a retailer's website. Those are things we do at Bound to help a uh, drive repeat POs to uh, uh, help our client expand shelf space. So maybe they get their first gen online today. Next year, they get gen two in store, right? And if I do, if I continue my job correctly, our client will, will, will continue to be a long-term brand with that retailer. Because you see a lot of young brands today, Kevin, here today and out tomorrow. Our job is to keep that brand in retail as long as possible. That's amazing. And that stuff's super valuable because the whole concept of retail, it, it, it's not simple. And even just getting into retail is not just about getting into any retailer. They all have different nuances. They all have different strengths and weaknesses, pros and cons as well as just the whole methodology and processes all behind it and making sure the strategy all matches for each unique product. Cause every product's different. Every product has Correct. different methods that it, it will need for its own thing. And so, you know, really appreciate what you've done over the last 13, 14 years, building this thing up to really help people with that scaling step. Cause that can truly create, you know, an empire out of a product. Whereas it, you may just sit stagnant with without it, or you yep. may be really limiting your potential by not thinking about well, what are some of these options. And I know as well, Johan, you deal with all not just retail, but you're getting into Amazon sales and all sorts of other things as well, really looking at the best avenue or avenues for somebody to scale their product after they've had a little bit of early success. That's correct. We have clients to help in, in both BC, like a like a Best Buy or a or QVC, but we also have clients in B2B, like contract or hospitality. We, we, our job is to help our client expand mobile income streams because in retail, <coughs> it, it could take you know, you know, two months to 12 months. It depends on certain variables I can't control, such as, hey, the buyer's already made a decision for 2021, see you next year, or the buyer is, is over inventory. Like us, we all have checkbooks. So as a buyer, there's no unlimited you know, money, money tree, right? Uh, or they have similar products already on the shelf and they're very happy with the current assortment, right? So while we're trying to get a buyer to move forward, our client, we look at other other verticals like 
B2B. Uh, and we've seen a lot of our clients see success in the contract, hospitality, healthcare, other verticals while we're waiting for a retailer to come back to us. That's great. Where can people find out more about Retail Bound? Uh, they go to retailbound.com uh, or, or show us an email at info at retailbound.com. And as always, I'll put all the links into the show notes. So if you're listening, check it out, uh, no matter what platform you're on. Johan, really appreciate you being on the show to share some words of wisdom about getting into the big retailers. So thanks again. We'll look forward to talk to you and see you at, uh, at the crowdfunding summit coming up. Likewise. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.